What's up, guys? Welcome once again to the AFW College Podcast. We are back with some more content to encourage you college students with in your love for Jesus. My name is Jordan. I'm so excited for today's episode, y'all. Normally, you know I'm sitting across from college pastor Ben Moss during these episodes, but today I am here with youth pastor Graydon Jones for a very uh, special series that we're going to be kicking off through the rest of this semester. Graydon, how you doing, man? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, how you feeling this morning? Man, I'm feeling good. It's good to be on the the college podcast. Uh, my first time, man. So this is uh, this is exciting. Yeah, yeah. like like Jordan said, uh, my name is Graydon, and uh, I've been youth pastor for four and a half years here at Antioch, and it has been such a joy. I actually went to TCU. TCU go. alum. Go frogs. Uh, go frogs. Here we go. Uh, came into the college ministry here when. Uh, it was the early days and we had uh, little tiny life groups everywhere. So it's really fun actually yeah. to see what's going on. See, we didn't have a college podcast back then. Uh, let's just say <laughs> it that way. Steps. We're yeah, we're, yeah we're, we're, we're making we're making big steps. So Pioneers uh, here. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so, yeah, youth pastor got an awesome family. Uh, married, got two two girls. I'm a girl dad. Uh, and so it's a lot of fun. And mm-hmm. I love theology. So I'm, I love being on this podcast with you. Come on, yeah, yeah. We're inviting uh, Graydon on just to come uh, come on this semester. We're going to be doing this little thing um, that really blessed us in the fall of 2020. We had this kind of course that was offered through the church that was called Theology 101. It was basically an opportunity for students uh, who had kind of a, a hunger to dive deeper into the Word uh, and to really think about those big questions about the Christian the Christian faith to be able to just go deeper and ask, get their an- questions answered as well. And, and Graydon was leading us through that. Um, he came on, we did it like every other week. He came uh, and talked to us about just different big topics about the faith, about what the Bible says about those topics. We talked about like the church, the, the crucifixion, the rapture, all these awesome things. And I just remember we, we always did these on Sunday afternoons. And it was always right after the first half of the first afternoon football game and so i'd watch the first half and i'd be like am i gonna go like now i gotta go exercise my <laughs> mind like i was i'm just watching the rams I and now it. i gotta go and then and then we go and we talk about like why we needed the crucifixion and then i'd try to go watch like the second afternoon game and my mind i just i i couldn't transition and i'm like why am i why am i watching this football game when Jesus just died on the cross for me and I'm, and I'm <laughs> revealed, awesome. all this has been revealed to me all over again. Um, see, I, d- I didn't have that problem because the Cowboys were horrible. So I, <laughs> I didn't watch a single game this there's, season. There's that, yeah. There were very low stakes in watching. This yeah. Game. Very low stakes. Um, so today we are starting, um, we asked Graydon just to come and put those teachings into podcast form so that, uh, people, can just bring that, bring those with them. People that weren't there with us uh, in the fall semester can experience those things, be taught and brought up and all those things. And it, again, we just love that students are going to be able to bring these on their way to class, into the gym, uh, as they're driving to work, anything like that. Uh, and today we're starting out with a very interesting topic and really a topic that's going to be able to ground uh, everything else that we talk about during this series and truthfully just ground everything about uh, our lives, hopefully, and everything about uh, how we think about God and, and how we think about theology. And so to, what, what that topic is, is a Jesus-centered theology, just a, uh, a lens of seeing everything in the Bible, uh, every big question about the faith, 
always just framing it and looking at it through the lens of Jesus. Huge topic, Amen. right? Great. Um, Come on. So, yeah, we're gonna get it all sorted out today. We'll figure it out. Yeah, just thirty minutes. Don't worry. Just sit back and easy. Uh, you'll you'll get there. <laughs> but hey, get us started, man. Uh, why is it so important to have a theology that is centered on the person of Jesus? Yeah, yeah. Let's jump in. Uh, and I love doing this with uh, with college students, with youth, and because uh, I feel like young people are the ones who are ready to ask good questions, and they're asking big questions, and so. Um, yeah, bring your bring your big questions to this, and I think we can really engage with Jesus and yeah. and discover something new. So, uh, Jesus centered theology. I actually want to kick off with a, a quote from A. W. Tozer, uh, who said this. He said, "What comes into our head when we think about God is the most important thing about us." Mm. I think that's so profound uh, because it it alerts us to the fact that. Um, what comes into our head when we think about God, um, it may not actually be the way that God is. Yeah. Uh, and so we have to always be bringing that back to the truth about God and, and to the person of Jesus. Because then you read a piece of scripture like Psalm 50, verse 21, and it's God speaking to Israel through the psalmist. And, and he says this, these things you've done, and I've been silent, and you thought that I was one just like yourself. Basically, God's saying, you thought I was just like you, right? Yeah, you thought yeah. I was just like you. And this is what every person, every culture, every denomination, this is what we all do. So right? easy. Because yeah. mm-hmm. it's the essence of sin. It's idolatry, you know, mm-hmm. making God into our own image rather than being image bearers of God. So, yeah. mm-hmm. um, And so this is why, man, theology is so important. And sometimes we think theology is for the smart people or something. No, right. theology right. is important for all of us. Uh, because sometimes we think that God is someone that he's quite simply not, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I think, you know, if I think that God is just an angry old guy in the sky, mm-hmm. uh, then it's going to affect how I think about grace yeah. and performance, performance for God, legalism, mm-hmm. all these things, right? If, if totally. I think that if I think that God is like a business negotiator, then it's mm-hmm. going to affect how I relate to him. I'm, I'm going to try and make bargains with God right. uh, instead of worshiping God. Mm-hmm. Um, if I think that God is like a jolly Santa who gives me anything <laughs> I want, right, then I'm going to have a hard time being, you know, repentant, you know, yeah, or, right. or being disciplined. Uh-huh. Um, and so, man, how do we protect our theology? Then we, how do we protect our idea of God? We have to bring it back to Jesus, right? It's right. the Sunday school answer. <laughs> you know, it just, you just shout it out. Jesus. Yes. He's yep. the key to theology. Uh, he is the basis of understanding everything about God. It's through Jesus that God is revealed and that scripture is fulfilled. Yeah. And so quite simply, here's the topic for today. If you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus. Yeah. And it, this is also the lesson, like this is what Jesus came to teach us too, is like, stop, stop trying to figure out who God is a, apart from me. I am here just to show you, right? I'm going to walk with yes. you. I'm going to be as a man on this world so that you can stop the guessing. Like you can stop yeah. trying to like form your own ideas of who God is and just look at me. I can show it to you. Uh, yeah, that's thank good. Thank God, right? Yes, <laughs> yes. So good. Okay, so let's let's dive in a little bit deeper. Um, and let's talk about, you know, why Jesus is the key to theology. And maybe let's start with this. Why is it that we have a problem? Because I really do think we have a problem with seeing God clearly. Um, so that's the first thing, is that we have sinful brains and sinful hearts. 
Uh, and sin has this horrible characteristic uh, in that it's not easily contained. Mm-hmm. Uh, sin, it doesn't just affect me. It actually spills out and over into every part of my life, yep. right? So sin, if, if sin just affected me, then it's just mine to deal with and no one else is affected. No, sin affects me and my relationships mm-hmm. and my community totally. and the things that I produce and create. Uh, and it even affects the way that I see the world. Right. And so we all have these, these lenses. You can imagine a lens that you're looking through, interpreting life and interpreting God. And those, those are marred by sin. Those are scarred by sin. It's almost like we take our lens and we paint our sin on top of the lens. And so we can no longer see God with any clarity. We're seeing him through our filter of sin. And I think this is what happened in Genesis three at the fall, right? And think about this. Why did Adam and Eve hide from God? Yeah. Why would they hide? All they had ever experienced about God was goodness, right? And <laughs> right. like you should be thinking, well, didn't they know that God's loving, that he would have right. forgiven them, right? Um, but that's the point, is that they didn't know that yeah. because sin had affected their ability to understand God's true character. Um, and so sin still does that today. You know, we have to dig through our junk in order to remove our blinders and see God clearly. And so you might be thinking, well, how in the world do we do that? The way that we do that is we look to Jesus and we look through Jesus Mm -hmm. to see what God is really like. And we do that looking at the Holy Spirit inspired scriptures uh, and also through personal relationship with him. And so it's actually really good news that he didn't just leave us in this horrible condition, right? But he made a way for us to see him clearly. Yeah. And that's, that's powerful because, and like you're saying, without Jesus, the story ends with us like Adam and Eve in the garden yeah. where we uh, are so preoccupied with like our own messiness and our junk and whatever that we're just afraid to run to God, yeah. which uh, breaks our hearts because that's not what we're designed for. It yeah. breaks God's heart because he wants us to be uh, with him, to be close to him and yeah. to Amen. Uh, be vulnerable with him, run to be able to run to him. Um, and so he... And the Holy Spirit lift up the sun to us and say, no, like this is who you should be looking at. So um, we're going to get into some scripture too right now, yes. Graydon. So um, walk us through just so, kind of the scriptural basis for the, all this stuff as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, okay, so Jesus, you know, if we, if we believe this, Jesus is the one who sets everything right. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we could ask, okay, so what was going on in the Old Testament, right? So why do we have to wait all the way to the New Testament to see what God's really like? Yeah. Um, well, here, here's the thing, is that all throughout history, uh, God has been faithfully demonstrating who he really is, but it's just that humanity could not always receive that truth because of the depth of our sin. Um, it's almost like we weren't ready, right? In the Old Testament, you see like we weren't ready to understand quite how good God is. And yeah. so, for instance, uh, you can see uh, in a passage in Jeremiah 19, God has to clarify that he didn't ask for child sacrifice, <laughs> It's not something that we, it's not like a, like, that's not your devotional time passage <laughs> typically, right? Um, God is, is almost yelling at them. I don't want you to sacrifice your kids to me, yeah. right? So the fact that he had to clarify that means that some Israelites thought that they were worshiping God right. through child sacrifice. So mm-hmm. this is an example of sinful blinders, right? That yeah. come from your time and place and culture, because there were lots of other peoples and gods that supposedly did desire that. So 
Israel just kind of assumed that must be true of our God too, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And before we judge them, okay, let's admit that we do the same thing. Uh, yeah. Hopefully not child sacrifice, <laughs> but we do the same thing because right. we grow up thinking uh, that God's one way uh, and, and, and actually it's not as good as he really is, right? We sometimes think that Jesus is kind of the nice guy and then God's kind of the scary guy and, right. you know, Jesus uh-huh. had to jump in front of the bullet for us or whatever. Right. Um, you know, picturing God is primarily angry and not really loving, right? And so we need to learn and trust that God really does look like Jesus. So right. this is the great news about Jesus is that he sets the record straight, mm-hmm. right? When he comes in the flesh, in the incarnation, he sets the record straight on who God is and what God is like. Yeah. Uh, and so Jesus came to save us. Absolutely. He came to rescue us. Absolutely. But he also came to show God's true character right. uh, in a way that we could see and touch and hear, a way that we could receive it. Um, and we see this in the New Testament scriptures. So let's look at some scriptures together. Cool. John 14 uh, is an incredible passage. Uh, Jesus is with his disciples the night before his death. Um, and and Philip says this thing that, of course, we just look at him and say, what in the world are you thinking, right? But again, <laughs> we do the same thing. But So here's how it goes. Philip said to Jesus, Lord, show us the father and we will be satisfied. And Jesus said to him, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still don't know me? Right. You could just imagine Jesus trying not to roll his eyes here. (laughs) Uh, So this, this is the big radical claim. Whoever has seen me has seen the father. That Mm. is radical. If you've read the Old Testament, you know that no one can see God and still live. Right. It's almost as if his glory would just overcome you and you would fall down and die. Uh, And that that happens throughout the Old Testament. And they talk about this. But now Jesus says, actually, if you've seen me, you've seen the unseeable God. So when we read the Gospels and we learn about who Jesus is and what he's like, we have to believe this. There's not a God deeper and more unknowable than him. He reveals what God is really, really like. Right. Yeah. There's no there's no like deeper God behind the curtain that you can pull back exactly where where you can move Jesus aside and you see like the more holy, the more glorious God behind Jesus. Uh, Jesus himself is the fullness of God's character contained in man. Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. If you've seen me, you've seen the father. Then we get to to Hebrews uh, chapter one. And I mean, the book, this is how the book starts. Uh, It says this long ago, God spoke to our ancestors in many and various ways by the prophets. But in these last days, he's spoken to us by a son Mm -hmm. whom he appointed heir of all things through whom he also created the worlds. He is the reflection of God's glory and the exact imprint of God's very being. He sustains all things by his powerful word. This is such a beautiful little passage. And that phrase, the exact imprint, uh, it's kind of describing almost like when you take a seal or a mold and you press it into something Mm. in order to make an exact imprint of that thing, right? Jesus is not just an imprint. He's an exact imprint of God's being in nature. Um, And so again, when you look at Jesus, you're looking at the exact way that God is. And how many times in Jesus's ministry, right, does he say like, I'm just saying what the Father tells me to say. Yes, like, yes. I'm, I'm just here going where God tells me to go. Uh, over and over again, Jesus just lets his audience know that, like, hey, every word that comes out of my mouth comes from the Father. You know, I, yeah. It, it, it's that. It was that plain, and he made it clear. Yes. People still miss it. Absolutely. <laughs> and then, and then we hear Paul say in Colossians one verse fifteen, uh, he Jesus is the image of the invisible 
God, right? Yeah. We, we just have to keep on saying it over and over, right? Because right. It, it really questions when we think, okay, I think I know what God's like, but, but then we, okay, is that perfectly aligned with Jesus? Because he is the image of the invisible God. It's, mm. it's right to say that God's invisible, but it's also right to say that we've seen his image in Jesus. Yeah. Um, and so, man, Jesus is not just a, a reflection or, uh, you know, a partial reflection of God, but he actually is the God who existed before the beginning and yeah. before creation. Uh, and that's really, really good news for us. Right. Yeah. Yes. So just re- to recap, just all those scriptures, what they're saying is that if you want to know God, then don't look any further than Jesus. This is what yes. he was screaming at his disciples and and to the people he was teaching don't don't look further i'm him i'm here to show you what god is like uh he's the invisible god made visible so we can discover his character and fullness does that sound is that a good recap yeah yeah absolutely Uh, amen uh and so (laughs) we all make god into our own image uh until we're confronted with jesus and have to say okay actually I do see what God's really like. Yeah. Uh, and he's not, he's not exactly like me. Right? <laughs> right. I would do things a little bit differently, right? Yes. Uh, in my sin. But we look at Jesus and that is, is really who God is. Cool. And that kind of brings us to the last point here, which is that Jesus reveals something really important about the nature of God, yeah. which is that God is trinitarian right nice. and here's a big theology word take trinity there, right and take we're, we're gonna go we're gonna wade into the depths of mystery Let's go. Uh, today right <laughs> so when we look at jesus here's what that really means when we look at jesus and we see what he reveals about god we see that god is inherently relational Okay, so when you think about the Trinity, what you should be thinking about is relationship, yep. that that God is not just a solitary being in the sky all by himself. Yes. Um, and, and so in theology, we call this relational nature the Trinity. God is Trinity, meaning that he is one substance in three persons. That's like the ancient yeah. church way of saying it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a the, w- here's what that means. There's a oneness about the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. There's a oneness that they share in, in perfect unity, and, and yet there's distinction between them. So the Father is not the Son or the Spirit, uh, and the Son is not the Father or the Spirit, right? So right. there's a distinction. They don't lose that, and yet there's this perfect oneness about them. Um, and so, mo- you know, most yeah. Trinity metaphors, honestly, are kind of dumb uh, <laughs> or they're kind of heretical, you know, like if, right, you, yeah. if you take them all the way to their conclusion. Um, <laughs> but uh, but I'll try I'll try this. I'll, I'll give you a couple of little ones here. This, and, this is a safe space. Too. Is this ahead, a safe space? Yeah. Can I be heretical? Yeah, just go for it. I'm just kidding. But, you know, uh, so like a really oversimplified way to explain this would be a three story building. Right. Mm-hmm. So the first floor is not the, th- the second or the third. Uh, and vice versa, but they're all the same building, right? So one building, three floors, like one substance, they share that, that building nature. Uh, and yet there's distinct floors, um, Mm -hmm. still doesn't quite capture the Trinity, but here's an even deeper metaphor. Um, that would be, so anyone who plays piano, like if you play three notes on a piano, it can form one chord. Mm -hmm. Uh, and when you play the three distinct notes, their sound waves actually occupy the same space and and they form one cohesive chord, but you can also hear each distinct note. Uh, so you can hear the three, but you can also hear the one. And and that's kind of like how the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are unified as one, but they're still differentiated from each other. I like that one a lot. That, that one's super useful. Um, and <laughs> we've been doing 
uh, in ADS, the discipleship school, we start out with like um, just this Bible study that helps us um, like understand the Trinity a little more. So we've been reading the scriptures and everything and trying to like talk through it and answer these questions. And it's we've always have to start with like, uh, hey, if any if any of this is blasphemy, just like let me know, just gently, just kind of like <laughs> just let me know, a like gentle it's okay. a gentle rebuke, please. Yeah, like hey, that's good. It might be blasphemy. I'm not totally sure we're figuring this out together um so thank thank you for uh, taking this topic on first. i love it yeah um, yeah well if you need to after the show please gently rebuke me um <laughs> and uh you know we're, we're we're walking together right yes um but, but your view uh or this all this about the trinity there's um this is all throughout scripture. Right? Yes, like absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So we see this all throughout scripture and we have to note this because the word Trinity is not in the Bible, right? right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but the truth is there all throughout the Bible. And Everywhere. so yeah. um, really, I mean, all throughout the scripture, anytime that you're talking about God, um, that's, that's the Trinity. So mm-hmm. th- even though we didn't always see it at all, all the whole time, right? So, but here's a couple of examples of this. Um, actually, you can go to the first page of scripture uh, in Genesis 1. And in ver- uh, verse 26, it says this. And then God said, let us make humankind in our image, yeah. according to our likeness. So literally the first page of scripture is pointing to God as relational. It's using right. plural words mm-hmm. there instead of singular so let us, so this is what's happening in the community of the Trinity. Father, Son, Holy Spirit are saying, let us make humans in our image. Yeah. Um, and this was way before, thousands of years before the doctrine of the Trinity came about right. in the early church, right? <laughs> uh-huh. uh, but God is relational. It's just inherent to who he is. And so it's, it's on the very first page uh, of scripture. Um, and then we get to, to the New Testament. And again, there's so much more we could get here. But yeah. when we come to the New Testament, uh, you can go to the first chapter of Mark. And there's a couple of really meaningful uh, Trinitarian passages here. Mm-hmm. So the first verse of Mark says, The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Now that that phrase, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is really powerful for a lot of reasons. But let's point out one reason, which is the Trinity. Mm. Uh, the phrase actually reveals the Trinity. So let's break it down. Jesus Christ, the Son of God. So mm-hmm. Jesus points to the eternal Son, right? Jesus is the eternal Son mm-hmm. who, who always existed. Christ actually means literally the anointed one in the Holy Spirit. Um, and so when you, to say Christ is to say that this eternal son is then anointed in the Holy spirit. And then it finishes by saying the son of God, meaning that God is a father. So this little phrase, which we kind of might say very casually, if we grew up in Christian circles, (laughs) Uh it's actually a very powerful Trinitarian phrase to say, Jesus Christ, the son of God is actually pointing to the, uh, incredible and wonderful Trinity. Um, Mm -hmm. and then later in that passage, Jesus gets baptized. And again, there's lots of things that we can learn from this passage, but the reason I love it for the Trinity is that it describes Jesus being baptized and then the Holy Spirit coming down and descending on him. And then the father speaking, my son, the beloved, I'm well pleased with you, right? So in this, this tiny little episode, which is just a couple of verses, we see the Trinity in its fullness and in its love, right? And again, Mm -hmm. this is a picture for us of what's been going on since before creation, mm. father, son, Holy spirit in loving relationship. 
that is really, really beautiful. Um, and then, yeah. you know, just in general, let's just think about the fact that Jesus relates to God as a father. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in the gospel of John, right, Jesus calls God father over a hundred times in 21 chapters. Wow. So there's something significant about the fact that God could have been chosen to be known by anything, yeah. right? Anything, mm-hmm. because no term is going to perfectly describe who God is. So yeah. why did he choose the, the name father? Why did he choose that? Because I think he was trying to point to a family relational term. Yeah. I think it's to highlight that God is Trinity, that that he's a relational God at his very core nature. And yeah. so again, all throughout scripture, you see these little points come out where you're thinking, oh my goodness, God is so much more beautiful and wonderful and loving than I thought. Yeah. Uh, and that God didn't need us. He didn't need creation, but it's almost like creation just overflowed and spilled out of his loving relationship yeah. uh, between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So mm-hmm. it's really, really good news, right? Totally. So kind of yeah. to wrap this up a little bit, mm-hmm. um, to c- conclude is that, you know, this is just a small taste of how our theology can be shaped by Jesus. Uh, but everything that we believe about God should line up with Jesus because he is the one who reveals what God is really like. And, and I want to finish with this quote here. Um, from a guy named A.M. Ramsey. He said this, God is Christ-like, mm. and in him there is no unchristlikeness at all. Yeah. That is really, really good news, mm-hmm. that we can we can see what God is like through the person of Jesus. Uh, and man, that's that's amazing. That's, yeah. that's, the, that's the God that I want to worship. Absolutely. Man, that's so, so good, Graydon. Um, and I could, like, you can only just start to imagine the implications that this has on like uh just your own mind your own heart uh the way yeah. you see the world the way you see god um the way we live in community with each other the way we love each other it just it just infiltrates every everything it fills every empty space um, yeah. what what would you say uh are the biggest implications or effects that having a a, a theological mind filtered through jesus uh has on you or what have you seen <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. Um, a couple of things that come to mind are that I, I think that Jesus centered theology, it just makes, it makes the story make sense to right. me. It, it makes scripture make sense. Uh, it makes God make sense. Right. So the apostles, they reinterpreted the whole story of God in light of Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, in light of his incarnation and life and death and resurrection and ascension. They were sitting there saying, this actually, it all, it all points to him. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and everybody, everybody missed it, right? God yeah. came in the flesh and so many people missed it. Uh, but the apostles, they saw something there. And what happened was that they reinterpreted the whole story, mm-hmm. all the scriptures in light of this person, Jesus. And so I think that we have to do the same thing. Yeah. Um, even now, you know, 2000 years later, we have to do the same thing. So mm-hmm. the first implication for us is that a Jesus filter just, it, it helps us understand who God is and what God's story means. Yeah. Um, if anybody has ever uh, is a Christopher Nolan fan, I love Christopher Nolan movies and there's his movies are so cool because you always watch it and it's confusing, mm-hmm. but then there, this thing happens always near the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. And when that thing happens, then everything that came before actually means something different. So you <laughs> yeah. thought you understood the story, but once you know that information, then you then have to rewatch the whole movie and then everything else makes sense, right? Yeah. I think that's what we have to do when it comes to scripture and Jesus. Yeah. That in light of the resurrection, now everything makes 
it means something different. Yeah. Uh, it was actually all about him. It's about who he reveals, the God that Jesus reveals. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, secondly, I, I think that Jesus in our theology is just really freeing. You know, I just think it's really good news yeah. uh, because Jesus demonstrates that God is self-giving, self-sacrificial love. And I don't just have to spend my whole life questioning, did I get it right about God? Did, right. Did, is there something that I'm missing? Is there something deeper and more unknowable? And I can't tell you how many times I've had that conversation with people and they've thought, man, I've never really thought about that, that, that Jesus is the God, you know, that God is revealed in Jesus and how freeing that is for us. So uh, I just think it's really, really good news. Yeah. Word freeing is so true. It totally uh, reframes like what you think your relationship with God needs to look like. I just think of this in terms, especially of like your quiet time. I know when I first decided to like follow God, I thought my my Bible time was all about like getting all this wisdom in my head, memorizing like the scripture that I needed, uh, being able yep. to like answer these questions if someone had them for me, you know, being able to like piece together all these different passages and all this kind of stuff. Um, but really, the truth is that God's God's most happy when uh, those times just result in you having a clearer picture of Jesus. Yes, um, yeah. and through that, having a clearer picture of him as father. And that's uh, really good. If you leave your quiet time, uh, more in love with Jesus or knowing Jesus better, um, then you are pleasing the Lord and you're doing what's healthiest for yourself. Amen. Um, That's good. That's so good. Also, I still need to go back and rewatch Tenet the second time because I still do, I'm still not really sure what was happening. Uh, yeah, none of us are. It's very confusing, but that's why I love his movies. I'm into confusing movies <laughs> that you need to watch uh, three times to actually yeah exactly start enjoying. Um, but Graydon, thank you, uh, man. I I got the pleasure to um, just be uh, an intern with the youth ministry and um, just Graydon completely just blew my mind of what uh what a youth pastor looks like and what it um just how uh what he's talking about now he doesn't hold that back from the uh the sophomore dudes and if i was a sophomore dude in high school i would i wasn't prepared for it but these dudes (laughs) are i mean these these high schoolers man they're they're deep thinkers and that's because of uh graden's thanks uh, jordan leadership so um, thank you everyone for listening. Thank you everyone for exercising those mind muscles. Uh, everyone that has had that hunger to go deeper. I hope this was that for you. Uh, I hope that stirred up your theological mind, made you a little more in awe of Jesus. I think it did that for me. Come on. Uh, we'll continue to have Graydon on, uh, every month to continue to unpack some of these fundamental topics of theology. So if you like this episode, uh, we will definitely have more coming your way. Um, speaking of coming your way, Graydon, next time, what is it you'll be talking about? What can we be looking forward to? Yeah, we're going to, we're going to talk about making sense of the Bible and we're going to try and trace the story of God all the way from Genesis to Revelation Come so, on, in 30 minutes, 30 minutes. You want it? <laughs> we got <laughs> you, this. <laughs> you want to make sense of the Bible? You want to figure it out? I got a 30 minute. It's, it's right here for you. What else do you want? Yeah. You can't ask for more than that. I can't wait. Uh, so, but every week until then, we'll be bringing you, uh, more encouraging content. Uh, but so sorry. That's all you get this week. Uh, <laughs> make sure you come back next week for more until then. This has been the AFW college podcast. See you guys next week.